What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the America is Blue podcast. Good to be back with you with some positive energy and some good things to talk about, finally. But we're going to pile on the positivity today. We're bringing in my man Dylan Polk out of New Orleans, out of Carefree, Louisiana, representing for the Blues for years. I know he was celebrating the 1-0 victory with his boys down there today. I want you to tell us about it, Dylan. I want you to tell us a little bit about Blues Day and what you guys got going on with the boys in Carefree, Louisiana down there, man. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate y'all having me on. How you doing today, Jay? Doing great, man. Good to have you. Good. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, Carefree, Louisiana is a coalition of four different Chelsea chapters in the Louisiana area. We have one in New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, and the Shreveport area. Started about 10 years ago when guys from the New Orleans area met up with some guys from Baton Rouge. And next thing you know, five years, 10 years later, we have 117 members and we're hosting an event called Blues Day this year. That's going to be centered around Mardi Gras and is bringing as many Chelsea fans to New Orleans as possible. Well, man, I love that. So Jay and I are both fans of Louisiana for slightly different reasons. I've been down there for a couple of LSU football games, so I know how they get down, uh, you know, up there on the LSU campus. Partying all day, partying all night, celebrating the uh, the Tigers. I know. I, I don't know if you guys call them the Bayou Bengals, but everywhere else they always call them that. And then I know that uh, Jay has a very, very, very deep history, maybe even a shady, shadowy one with the uh, city of New Orleans. Jay, you are known to actually ghost friends uh, in, a, in a party atmosphere. Why don't you get into uh, some of your experiences in New Orleans, Jay, before we talk about the uh, the game today? Dude, New Orleans is like one of the best cities in the country. It's one of the, it's certainly the most unique. You got this just mishmash of culture and food and debauchery. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I'll leave my dirty details off of our internet based cast, but I love that place. I've had a lot of good times down there. I love I love the you need to work in advertising for New Orleans, Jay. I'm on it. I'm on <laughs> it. Sign me up. So we're living the Treme life. We're living the one nil life right now. Uh, glad to at least see the boys uh, back in some in, in some positive results. We needed this three points terribly bad. We were all able to take a deep breath on uh, you know what's going on. Dylan, typically we give uh, Jay the first word around here on what he thought initially about the game, but today that is your privilege, my man, as a guest of the cast. Why don't you give us some of your initial thoughts on the game, just some 10,000-foot view stuff of what you saw out there today from the boys. I saw passion from the players. I saw passion from the fans. And we were talking about having me on the podcast the last time that we guys spoke. I said I wanted to see intensity and I wanted to see drive from our players. We saw that in every facet of the game. It's really hard to even pick out a player today who didn't look good. There was one blip from Kepa earlier in the game against Palace that we – he, he looked a little hesitant, didn't come out and make the decision, but then you can't even question him the rest of the game. Played out of his skin. Tiago Silva, man at the unit in the back, always does what he needs to do. Uh, if we sell Connor Gallagher, I think we're dumb, dumb, dumb people. Because my man took every knock in the world today and was doing everything he can to be involved and like stake his position on that midfield. Well, this is actually a perfect opportunity to pivot over to uh, Jay Martin in the middle of the midfield because he's not exactly the biggest Connor Gallagher guy. Jay, what were your thoughts on Connor today, brother? Connor specifically, I mean, I think this is the best of Connor. I think we see the best for some reason against his former squad. That's when he had that banger earlier in the year. And honestly, I don't 
I, I talk a lot of shit about Connor Gallagher. I, I, I just don't know where his ceiling is and I've seen where his floor is. And I just don't know if that's Chelsea quality in general, but I thought today he brought the energy and I thought that he wasn't just recklessly lively. I thought that he was surgically lively. Like the guy was doing what he needed to do and doing it in a productive way. So I have all props for Connor, for, for Connor today. I thought he had a great game. You know what I really like to see today? was the fact that Connor was involved in so much and was getting knocked down. Did y'all ever see him complain? My man just uh, acted like a pops back up today. Pops back up. Let's get on with it. Like, yeah, love to see that. We yep. call that professionalism in the business. And that is a, a certainly a refreshing trait. Nobody was better at that. I'm just going to go dip back. Eden Hazard used to get chopped to bits. You'd never see the guy complain. Always got up, just got on with the action. So, now that we're off to a racing start, guys, let's just get right into you know some of the game action. Obviously, things started off pretty heavy in the game. We had some early pressure. It was nice to see us you know come out with a little bit of urgency. Uh, it was clear uh, that everybody was on the same page in the sense of we needed to to jump on them early. Unfortunately, we couldn't find the goal. And you know, Jay, kind of, we were going back and forth texting. Sometimes it's a little bit painful how difficult it is for us to score goals, especially when we seem to be manufacturing a lot of different chances, a lot of different ways to score, but we either can't find a run, we can't find a head, or we just can't find the guy in the box. Yeah, dude, spot on. I mean, we came out strong, and you could see, I mean, we've been begging for competitiveness and intensity. You know, it's one thing, it's like if you don't get the result. It's another thing if you don't see the effort. And I think that's why we've been so disappointed. We can lose three in a row if we're really putting it out there and come away still feeling okay. Uh, today, we put it out there. Um, and yeah, it was tough. Like We had so many chances, and it just felt like one of these games where no matter what type of opportunity we had, we just weren't going to put one in the back of the net. So yeah, listen, it's frustrating as all hell. But uh, listen, credit to them that they didn't have the second half letdown that we've seen in a lot of games, whether we've been up, down, or otherwise, um, and they stuck with it. And they kept the same intensity up throughout the game. So credit to them. It was a good game today. So, Dylan, like when when you were looking at the first half, other than the beautiful Batty Ashile back there managing the uh, back line, man, he looked awesome uh, back there. What were some other uh, particulars that stood out to you in the first half, man? Anything catch your eye? Uh, a resurgence of Mason of Mason Mount. I saw creativity coming out of him. Um, Jorginho making like decisive defensive moves that I haven't seen yep. out of him for a while. Um, there was a couple times where he stole the ball where I just didn't think that he had the legs or the speed to be able to do that, and he surprised me, which is nice because you don't find me often talking great about Jorginho anymore. It's more of a thank you and when are you leaving town. For, for a lot of fans, and I'd been one of those for a bit. Um, but today I saw, obviously, Connor Gallagher just playing out of his skin. What I really liked to see was there was a sincere effort from Kai that was just so marginally off that had he been 3% better, my man probably might have two goals, maybe even three goals today. But also, I think I feel like the only thing that I we, – we played great – the only thing that I wish we had is we wish we were better on that final pass. There was multiple times where Hakeem was throwing in balls today um, toward Kai. And if had a gen, gen, if he had just maybe had one more touch and then delivered that pass, I feel like Kai just needs those opportunities. 
is he he's getting a lot of them, but I feel like he could get more if he's if they're going to play him in that that full that full striker role. Well, I mean, I think he's just playing out of position. He he that's that's still not where he belongs. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, he's either a false nine or or actually more of like a, a number eight uh, as a midfielder. Um, but you know, Kai. Thank God he was able to, uh, you know, hit the target eventually, but he does waste a lot of chances. And it's been a little disappointing uh, seeing him leading the line. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Fafana in there, but for the, you know, shift that he put in today, you could tell that he he definitely wanted to be there. He put a lot of effort into the press. So I will, uh, you know, give Kai a little bit of a hat tip for his effort uh, in the first half without a doubt. But you know, before we move on to the uh, decisive part of the game, anybody else got anything else that, you know, stood out in the first half? I know Lewis Hall took a knock, which for a second there, I, I thought to myself, oh, my God, please tell me that uh, he's going to be limping off injured. I don't think we lost anybody today uh, for, for any long period of time, <laughs> uh, which was a, a positive sign in and of itself. But, uh, Jay, you got any anything else that uh, stood out to you in the first half, man? I'll stick up with High Cavert or Kai Havertz a little bit. You know, it seems like he's formationally limited. I know that he says he can play anything along the line, but where he's really effective, he's he's not a striker. He needs to play right behind the striker. Yeah. Like, that's where he needs to be. So what formation are you putting together, and are you limited to that? Are you doing a 4-2-3-1 where he's playing right off of him? Are you playing with two strikers up high with somebody just a little bit positionally ahead of him? That's really where he thrives. He's not going to be the guy to – be precise and surgical and clinical receiving those balls from, from a guy like, you know, uh, from Ziek off the line. And I thought, I, I thought Ziek was dangerous and I thought he was giving us opportunity after opportunity. It, it's about reading those balls in, reading the bend on the ball and going out there and attacking it. And just sometimes Kai doesn't quite get the pace right when he's approaching the ball. That said, man, I mean, the goal was beautiful. He got his head on the ball square. We got that in there. And, you know, that's the difference in the game. So um, I wish he was a little bit less wasteful, but, I, you know, all credit to him for banging one in because otherwise we're sitting here with a draw. Well, I mean, it only took about 118 corners uh, for, for us to be able to, to finally, you know, manufacture something. I said one of these has to get the head or, or, or catch somebody or catch a foot. Thank God we were able to uh, blast one past. One nil to Chelsea, and then typical Chelsea performance. Have to hang on to the bitter end. Have to see, you know, openings not converted, Obama Yang. Have to see random guys like a Decore strike a ball like a thunderbolt. Thank God it was right at Kepa. He was able to put it over the bar. When Decore hit that, I thought, oh, Josh Freilich is right again. Of course, the random guy out of nowhere hits the thunderbolt goal. Uh, for Palace and either ties it up right at the end. I'll just say this. For the last seven minutes, I was screaming at my television saying, why does it have to be this way? Why do they do this to me? Because they can. Because you're you're a vulnerable target. Yeah, but you know what the thing was? We were being very effective about how we were clearing the ball today. Uh, I know there was a couple situations toward the end of the game where we were clearing it out, yard ball, making them go run and play fetch. But for the most part, you saw good, clean touches coming out of the back and decisive movement that allowed the play to spread. I don't know that I've seen much tactics out of Potter in the last couple of weeks, but today I just saw a plan. I saw I saw something had been put together 
they'd obviously had some type of conversation because we remained, we, we, we were had possession for most of the game. Yeah. Palace had that, what was it like 20 minutes where I felt like something was just bound to happen. They were dominating us, but we never looked uncalled. And if we're going to talk about anything before we move on to anything else, we got to talk about our man's debut in the back and how Batashile might've been, had not had Kepa not had five saves and like truly been the guy. Balashile gets the man of the match today. He was fantastic on his passing, his clearances. He looked like a seasoned professional. This was a good time for Potter to break him in versus Palace. It's a game that's going to test him, but it's not going to be the one that we're like, hey, maybe Potter shouldn't have played him because it was too soon. Had it been a United, if, we'd have, if this had been Liverpool, Balashile probably wouldn't have started today. But Crystal Palace yep. was a good thing to let me know that, you know what, he can be trusted versus Liverpool on the weekend. Him and Thiago Silva beside each other looked – it gave me those old-school, like, Terry Cavallo vibes. It just felt like <laughs> a wall, like you're not getting through today. Well, I, I want to gush over him for a little bit, Jay, but I'll, I'll let you get a chance to talk about your boy, the Frenchman, because you were talking about him last time. Yeah, my honest assessment on it, I, I thought he looked a tiny bit nervy at the beginning, which you could expect as his debut in the Premier League. I thought it got stronger as the game went on. Um, I thought it was a really good move. Of, I, I don't compliment Graham Potter very often, but I thought it was a really good move for him to get the start in this game. You know, Thiago Silva is healthy. He's in there. He speaks French. He's next to a Frenchman. Yep. They can communicate. He can keep everybody in line. I mean, let's just say this. As far as our back line is concerned, like Thiago Silva is always and will forever be the linchpin as long as he is here. Like He gets everybody in order. Um, I thought Paddy Shilley played great. And I thought, again, he got stronger as the game went on. I also thought Trevor Chalaba had a nice rebound game off of what was a disaster last last game, uh, playing it right back. And we've been fucking begging for yep. this. Be like, like I, said, I love Cesar Spilicueta, but please, he just doesn't have it. So maybe neither one of these guys is going to give you very much going forward, but we needed defensive presence. And it came up with a lot of big stops, particularly as that pressure was coming in at the end of the game. So I thought the back line was really good. I thought Baddie Philippe was strong. Uh, Lewis Hall, he has some ups and downs. Like some of his first touches, he, you know, sometimes he loses the ball in some unfortunate situations. But like he's 18 years old. I I, I want to see this guy on the field because I see something in him, and I think he's going to develop into a really really solid player. So the occasional mistake, I am absolutely willing to absorb, even if it hurts us. I think it's worth it for him in the investment long term. I definitely I definitely agree with that. I just want to get one thing in about Batty Ashile. He just looked like a beautiful, composed, left-footed California Redwood out there. Just a big guy. Like, he, he stands out on the pitch. He's very statuesque. I was like, man, he really does command a presence. He's easy to see. Looking very nimble and quick in the number four. I'm not going to lie. Really like that. So, uh, Dylan, what were you going to add, brother? I just wanted to add uh, about Lewis Hall real quick. So, yeah, he was caught out of position. Or, or got in positions that were, were dangerous, but it's because he's trying adventurous things. He's not just playing the same clinical ball sideways, lateral play, not advancing the game. If you're going to come in and have a go on a position versus Kukurea and possibly Ben Shellwell in the coming weeks, then you're going to, if you're trying to get that number two spot over the guy from Brighton who's not been fully convincing yet, then now's the time to do it. And he did that by making mistakes and that's how he's going to learn 
but he also yep. put us in positions to take shots and gave us opportunities where he was the second pass to some what could have been extraordinary efforts today. I'm I'm not going to fault him too much. He was probably one of the the lower players on a team that looked fantastic today. So I can't I don't want to shake him too much, but like good on him for trying, you know. Oh, no yeah, doubt about I'm it. I'm with that. No doubt about it. All right, so one one other thing we got to uh, we got to get into real quick just just before we kind of put a put a bow on everything is the announcement at halftime of uh, you know the hundred and eight million dollar man, Mister Mudrick. I mean, are you kidding me? W- what are we supposed to expect from this guy? Uh, he's been great at Shakhtar. Hopefully, he's going to bring a lot of energy and vigor, which we need out of the midfield, which we've been desperately clamoring for. So, hopefully, we'll get some good energy out of this guy. Oh, wait, Joao Felix is out for 104 games because of Bruce Lee kick activities. But, uh, you know, Dylan, what did you think of the announcement at halftime? What excites you about the new uh, guy running into the squad? I mean, I think he's going to bring the energy that Hakeem Ziyech and Christian Pulisic haven't been bringing. It's going to allow Sterling to play on the right side, which I think he'll do better and be more creative for Chelsea. Um, I'm really interested to s- just one time. And I know it's, it. I'd love to see Merdrick on the left, Yao Felix in the center and Sterling on the right up top and see what that does and allow Kai Havertz to play underneath him. It may marginalize Mason Mount for a game, but I still want to see it one time. Getting crowded back there. Jay, what do you think of that take? I love it. That's exactly what I was thinking. And, and, and moving forward, you know, our season, this season is going to be what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be anything that we're hold going to up, be especially proud quick. of. In the- just, just for a tiny bit of perspective right now, as everything sits, we're only five points from the top four. It's true. From, 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 from Tottenham. Yeah. So Tottenham got handled by Arsenal today, put them against Newcastle, maybe Liverpool, United, Liverpool dropped. Or Fulham. And we're, in the same position. We just have to continue our thing. But like dreams aren't over yet. We're only halfway no. guys. We're only halfway. No, there. that's true. That's true. No, well, um, and getting three points today was a big part of that. Like this, this had to happen today. They had to do it for everybody. Everybody had to decompress one win out of our last nine was completely unacceptable. At least now we're, we're back on three positive points and we can start, you know, looking forward to the, to the Liverpool match. Yeah. We, we, we need, we need to start, Big picture for this season, we need to start getting on a run and starting to build. We've been begging for an identity. We have to start to see this come to fruition on the field. Reinforcements will help. You know, guys coming off of injury will help. But we still need to see this. You know that that, that story waits to be told. Uh, moving forward, we think about Mudrik. We think about potential for Jal Felix more on a more permanent basis. Uh, Christopher and Cuckoo. We still have Sterling. This is sounding like a, even if it's a false nine up top, this is sounding like a really dangerous, really dreamy four two three one. That that That's starting to sound a little tasty to me. I mean, assuming that these guys can live up to the billing, that sounds pretty nice. And if we can fortify the midfield, I still love Chukomeka. I love everything I'm seeing out of Chukomeka, and I think he's a part of this team's future. No doubt. We get a little reinforcement in there. I think as we get healthier on the back line, that's going to start to look like a position of strength. Think, I don't think things are going to be as bad for as long as some people predicted. I think that we're going to be able to piece together some things, maybe not to hold the trophy, but we're going to start to be competitive and start to feel really good about this. And we're going to start making some steps. 
I completely agree, man. I think it's just a, just a few of those players coming in the right positions, giving us more depth. It's nice to make me you, – you made a good solid point today about Shalaba on the right. He made me think that maybe we don't have to have a right back this window to be successful long term. If he can fill in for there while Reese is getting fit, that was um, that's a solid thing. I still hope we dip into the transfer window one more time for a midfielder because I don't feel like yes. – I don't feel like we have the depth and rotation to be able to continue not only the league, but champions league. Obviously um, we're going to try as hard as we can in both those tournaments, but we got to work for next year as well. And obviously we want to go as far as we can in the champions league, but I wonder, I want to pose a question to you guys, which is the tournament that you see Graham Potter more competitive in or trying to do harder in the champions league? Because I don't think he's ever played in it before. Or do you see it being the league where he knows he has to continue for his job on for next year? I'll take that first. It's got to be top. He's got to be aiming for top four in the Premier League. Uh, you know, winning, winning Champions League is is uh, I don't want to say secondary, but that's going to be a much more difficult task. It's tournament or you know tournament play. We don't have the cohesion and the depth in the midfield and in the back line to uh, compete in that tournament and win it right now. At least as we're presently constructed. Um, I, I think his, his goal has got to be out and out, get us bare minimum in the top six. Uh, so we're in Europa and obviously with our eyes on the top four. I wonder if he's sitting there and I don't know if his focus is on either of those things. I think it's really like very short term and, and very, like, how, how, how do we change the mindset of the team? How do we get us on the same page? How do we start playing solid football? And if we start to take like those baby steps, and start building confidence. Because listen, like he hasn't gotten the best out of our players, but these players are are losing a lot of confidence. We know what these guys can do when they're at the tops of their games. They're just, I mean, collectively haven't been putting it together. I think he's trying to build this thing in inches. And then we'll see where we are once the once the scope expands. Um obviously he knows I listen, he's got the board's approval. Like he's got a blank check. I wish that we'd give him embolden him to take the, you know take the wood out on some players who aren't exactly following suit. If you don't have any risk of losing your job, you should be able to lay the wood on some people who aren't doing what you're asking them to do instead of playing softball with them. Um, I, and that's what I'm kind of hope that he's focused on. I hope he's focused on short term. How do we get to play really good football? And then we'll see what we can achieve as we're building it. Because who knows? Like, listen, dude, nobody thought we were going to win the Champions League a couple of years ago at this time. We're not even halfway through the season. So who the hell knows what's in store for us? They just got to start playing better. Great, great points, man. So as we put a bow on, uh, you know, this edition, one of the reasons why Dylan is here is to, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about his second annual Blues Days event going down February 3rd through 5th into New Orleans, the great city, the French Quarter, all of the things you read about, all of the things you hear about. Dylan, tell us about your event and why Chelsea fans from around the world will be flocking to the great city of New Orleans. Uh, thanks for bringing me on to talk about Blues Day. This obviously, I love talking about the match, and that's that's the reason why we're all fans is to get into that. But so my group down here in Louisiana is hosting the second annual Blues Day. Our aim with this event is to bring as many Chelsea fans from around the country and world to eventually have that destination place to be able to watch a Chelsea game, to be as many with many Chelsea fans as possible outside of the bridge and to give a little bit back to our community. So um, our event is last year had 150 people from 17 different chapters across the country. 
Um, I'm hoping that because last year's event um, on the Club World Cup isn't going to affect us being so since the events on a, like versus a Fulham, I don't know if it's going to have the same kind of appeal second time around. But we're hoping that as this event grows and gains more knowledge, that a Friday game isn't going to be the end of the world for us and for our event because a lot of people are going to be coming into town. So if you can come to the event, please come in town early so you can be at our pub. Uh, at our pub, there's only there's a beer that's being sold. It's the only Chelsea sponsored beer in the not sponsored, excuse me, but Chelsea themed beer in the country. It's called the Shed. And for every keg that's sold, one hundred dollars is going to go to the American Cancer Society in honor of Gianluca Vialli. Oh, we love that. That's beautiful. Any, anything you guys can do to cop a case of that, let's do that. Let's raise some money for Mr. Vialli, a legend at Chelsea Football Club, an absolute professional in every possible way, shape, and form. So. Thank you for letting us know about the event, Dylan. We can't wait to have you, uh, you know, back on the cast again to continue to chop up what's going on with Shells. We appreciate everything you and Carefree Louisiana are doing down there. For all you guys that want to check this out some more, go to carefreelouisiana.com. Again, Blues Day is going to be February 3rd through the 5th in the great city of New Orleans, down there on the muddy Mississippi. Take your ass down there, sing some songs, drink some beers, get some stuff, have some parties, have a great time in the city of New Orleans, and we'll talk to you a little bit later. But Dylan, you got anything else to, to just wrap us up, bro? Yeah, man, just real quick. So for anybody that's coming down, obviously we're going to have the match on Friday. That Saturday night, we're going to be doing a Mardi Gras parade. Saturday afternoon, we'll be getting together, do a pub crawl, sing as loud as we can, probably get kicked out of a couple bars, but drink a beer everywhere we go. That afternoon we're going to urban south brewery to have a meet and greet and chelsea trivia the winner of the trivia game is going to get a team signed ball um from uh i'll let you guess when the last time the, we won the league maybe it could be from that year um and then after we're doing our meet and greet at urban south brewery we're going back down to the french quarter to our home pub and to watch the crew to be Mardi Gras parade so for anybody coming down to new orleans for blues day or curious about it go to carefreelouisiana.com Mardi Gras parades pub crawl chelsea group match day it's worth your experience. It's worth your time. It's worth your money. Come down to New Orleans and have a good time. We love it. Everybody keep your Chelsea flags flying high. We're moving whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got to do a quick man of the match. Dylan, man of the match today. Kappa. Josh, uh, rapid fire. I'll, you know what? I'll give it to the goal scorer, Kai Havertz. I'm going with Hakeem Ziyech, man of the match. All right, Josh, what? bow it up. But what a, Hakeem Ziyech, man, danger man, playing danger balls into the man, zone. I don't hate it. Nonstop. I don't, I don't hate it. Nonstop. Non-stop. We can discuss that offline. No, but but we're good. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the subscriptions. Thank you for the downloads. We love you guys. We'll be back with more. Before the preview of the uh, Liverpool match, we will be back. We love you. America is blue. We'll talk to you next time.